It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Welcome to another evening of motorsports conversation, which begins right now on the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, your leaders in motorsports safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or at either of their two locations, Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in good old Mooresville, North Carolina, otherwise known as Race City, USA, where our studios are located for the Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chaser Online. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined at the round table inside the studio by managing editor of our site and my esteemed broadcast partner, Jacob Seelman. Hi, that's me. That's you. We have Hunter Yancey, a graduate of the Carolina School of Broadcasting, back behind the glass, producing, and we have Bill Holt as an intern from Carolina School of Broadcasting, joining him back there in the booth and joining us via the miracles of the race chaser Skype line is none other than Cisco Scaramuza. And we are talking motorsports for a couple of hours here. We've got some guests coming up. We're going to be speaking with Bobby Dale Earnhardt. We're also going to be talking with uh, Timmy Salamito, who won the wheel and modified tour race at Thompson, the season closing event. And of course, the championship going to Doug Kobe. We won't shocker. Be, we won't be yeah, shocker. We won't be talking to Doug tonight, but we hope in the next week or two we'll have Doug on the program. We will, however, hear from Kyle Souza, who was obviously covering that race for NASCAR home tracks and is our uh, New England correspondent for Race Chaser Online. So a lot to come. We have a fit stop from Hunter Smith later on as well, and we always start with uh, the newswire and let's. Get right into that. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. But one thing that kind of intrigues me. So I'm just going to pick it and start there because, well, it's my show and I can. We notice that Ray Black Jr. has been replaced in the Xfinity series by Spencer Boyd. I'm going to say... As an amendment to the thoughts that have been going through my head all day, Tom, that I won't guarantee this is an out-and-out replacement, but we've heard nothing to suggest that Ray is going to be back with SS Greenlight in 2018, and we keep in mind that he's already been replaced a couple of times in the latter stages of this season by drivers who have funding he had brought funding and then the funding kind of dried up and when the funding kind of dries up well your seat goes bye-bye so yeah well i'm not it didn't say specifically that this is how this deal is going down but you can kind of connect the dots and go from point a to point b and pretty much assume that that's where this is going i would be shocked to see Greenlight field a second xfinity car next year to be quite frank unless there was a lot more i was gonna money say it would depend on the funding yeah um but the reason i bring this up and i'm so intrigued by it is that of course we've known spencer boyd for a very long time indeed since he started in the legends and i'm trying to think if i remember him in bandoleros i guess i probably would but it's been a while, obviously, since he's been doing that stuff. But certainly remember him in the legends with Kyle Beatty Racing, which is where he started. Yeah. And <clears throat> Spencer was always a strong racer. But 
he's uh, he's done well at each level he's raced mm-hmm. at. More importantly, though, the thing I like about this for is that Spencer really is a driver. He doesn't come with a bunch of money. Now, he ended up with a sponsor. Yes. But there's not family money there Correct. to buy the ride. He's so he's done his- it. The hard way. Yeah, he's busted his tail to get where he is at, like a few other drivers we've seen recently. Grunt style, hopping on board the apparel line that largely services the armed forces and does a lot to work with the military. This is a sponsor that, oh, by the way, Tom, also signed an associate sponsorship with Richard Petty Motorsports back four or five weeks ago now. I want to say it was middle of September. September-ish, roughly, so I guess that'd be closer to eight weeks now, but uh, in in any event, they're trying to grow their presence in NASCAR, and this is a great way to do it. They've been associated with Spencer at different times this season when he's run selected Camping World Truck Series races, and this only serves as an extension of that partnership for 2018. I like it. I like the team and driver pairing. SS Greenlight has become kind of known for helping younger drivers take the next step. Bobby Dotter has done a really good job at that. Obviously, Bobby with a lot of experience at aiding younger drivers up the ladder. So all of this is well and good, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it shakes out for 2018 for Spencer. I have a thought on the Newswire, though. Go ahead. We tested tars. 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 On the Roval. On the Roval. At Charlotte. Yes, yes. we did. In Certainly fact, did. staying with the Xfinity Series theme for a minute, we had a driver, an Xfinity driver, take his first ever laps in a cup car during said tire test on Wednesday. Hi, Daniel Hemrick. Yeah. Interesting to see him actually get that opportunity in a very peculiar way. I love it. I think that um, we are in a situation with this Roval where it's it has the potential to be something, Mm -hmm. but I think it needs a lot of work. Well, you and I most of the drivers feel that way based on what I saw. Not from what I heard yesterday. The drivers that actually participated in the tire test on Wednesday were very pleased with the layout of the course and very pleased with some of the passing zones that are provided within the infield portion of the course and that last chicane before the start-finish line that Brad Keselowski unceremoniously tried out during practice for the Bank of America 500. (laughs) Well, (laughs) not by choice. I don't know. I didn't – I mean, the comments I read, they seemed to be more along the lines of too many slow points, not sure – where we're going to pass but of course you know a lot of this until you get more than one car in the track which i would have thought they would have done this week but um just to see but until you get more than one car in the track uh hard to say really what it's going to be like but it's i i think they need to work on some of the back parts of the course and maybe eliminate a turn or two because it just feels to me and looks to me from the video that I saw like it's a little too complicated for its own good, honestly. Maybe. I'm disagreeing with you right now from everything I saw. Really like it. But, you know, until we get some more cars out, I guess we can't really know what it's going to be like in practice. Let's so. bring Cisco in here. Cisco, 
you had a chance to look at the video and, and all of that. And, uh, <laughs> of course, one of the other pieces of this, and you can comment on whichever part or parts of it you'd like, but, you know, besides the layout of it, we also have the ongoing kind of debate back and forth whether or not this is going to be a 500-kilometer race because the theory is it would just make the race way too long. Yeah, and this keep in mind that this has more turns, in its current state has more turns than any other road course we go to yeah. on the NASCAR circuit. Exactly. Period. So this is a very, very, very long track. So I don't think they've measured it completely yet. I think it's somewhere around 2.4. I don't know if they've gone down. CMS and like run is the saying 2.4. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking Watkins Glen is somewhere in the realm of, I want to say, 1.8 off memory. No, it's longer than yeah, that. I was going to say. I two think it's point, over okay, two. so it is in the two, maybe 2.18 well, or yeah. something, nonetheless. But nonetheless, this is still longer than anywhere we go. I like this layout. I think it'll work a little. It. I like the sweepers because it doesn't, the old road course layout, which I'm super familiar with because that's the one we have on the sim, the one where uh, the Legends cars used a piece of it, that one just, it was, I didn't like the way they ran it, so I like this redesign more than I like the old track. But I have to agree, I'm not sold on it yet. I still need to see cars next to each other, though, Tom. I am agreeing with you there. I need to see more than one car doing it one at a time to really start to figure out, will this actually work or not? Just to finish Cisco's nugget, the current Watkins Glen short course with the inner loop is 2.454 miles. Okay, so it's about the same as the short course, but there's not even a comparison in terms of the quality right no. now. They're way, like I said, the back part of the course to be, and, there, and, and there's not a, a lot of runoff area in, in some of the parts of the course either, which worries me. I think they've got a lot of work to do. I know this is, I know we're a year out, so I'm not, I, I don't want to come off as time. I'm dumping, but, you know, I think that um, I think there's still a lot more work to be done on this to refine it into something that would be both competitive uh, and also exciting for the fans. Because the last yeah. thing you want is a train that you just simply don't want a train and you don't want a, a road course where you got to practically wreck, the, wreck well, the guy or run him off the course to pass him. Exactly. That's not what anybody wants to see. And just a small little nugget out of Wednesday's test, uh, the other drivers that we had testing in addition to Daniel Hemrick in the 31 car were Martin Truex Jr. and Kurt Busch, along with, I believe, Ryan Newman, who took some laps in the 31 before Hemrick went out. So there was that, and there was the fact that even though Charlotte Motor Speedway is calling it the Bank of America 500 and saying it's going to be a 500-kilometer, 130-lap race, NASCAR issued a statement Wednesday evening saying that they're not 100% sure about that yet because we were discussing this, you and I were, Tom, earlier today about how the lap times that they were putting down, yeah. if you go 130 laps and don't even include any cautions, and we know we're going to have at least two stage breaks, you're looking at three hours and 40 minutes for a 500-kilometer, 130-lap race around the Roval Without cautions, yeah. add in two stage breaks and a couple more issues, you're probably looking at a four-and-a-half-hour race yeah. and then welcome some. Welcome to which, the Coke 600. Uh, uh, well, well, welcome to the six hours of Charlotte yeah, that's sponsored basically, by Bank of America. Yeah, that's basically what it would be. So we'll see. 
uh, of course, much more to come and still to be developed. Yes, and absolutely. You know, look, I would, I want this to work because it's a cool idea. I've just, I felt since the beginning that you're trying to make something that was never built to be a cup style road course into it. So we'll see. We'll uh, certainly keep you posted. We're, we've got more news and discussion on the other side. Talk K and then West as well. And we've got Bobby Dale Earnhardt coming up, Kyle Souza coming up. Lots more still to come. Timmy Salamito as well. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. But I want to walk 500 miles. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back. It's the Stock Car Show, presented by 
HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web, hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza gathered around talking motorsports. Hunter Yancey and Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting back behind the glass, punching all the right buttons. Still in the news portion of our show, and we literally have some breaking news of sorts of sorts from the Xfinity series and I always when we announce something like this part of me is always intrigued as a media person by what comes next and part of me ends up much of the time disappointed about what's actually being announced and yeah in this particular situation Jacob we're a bit of both here because one of the drivers that has frequented this show and our Motorsports Madness show, Joey Gase, who has been with Jimmy Means Racing for the past several seasons, Means Motorsports announcing today that they will be looking for a driver for the 2018 NASCAR Xfinity Series season. Joey has not given them a commitment for 2018. Therefore, Jimmy and the 52 team are going to be exploring other options. They want to partner with one driver for the whole season, but Jimmy has said that they will entertain a rotating cast if need be. I'm honestly more disappointed than I am intrigued by all this because the match of Joey Gase and Jimmy Means really seemed to be one of those that just worked because it's too hard-nosed guys. I mean, Joey's soft-spoken, much like Jimmy Means is, but, you know, they both have a vision in mind, and they both wanted to get the job done and make the other better. And they've really done that as far as what this team has done in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. They've made a lot of steady progression over the last few years. Joey picked up a great couple of great finishes, actually has a couple of top 10 finishes for the Means team this year. And they've been right around the top 20 in driver points for the past couple of years. So it's just, you hate to see it. You wonder why we have to see it, but... Like you said, Tom, we're intrigued by what's next for Jimmy Means, and I hope he can and find... And Joey. Yeah, and Joey, that's too. That's really kind of... You know, again, that's kind of where I was going. Because yeah. the people, we always want to solve a puzzle. That's kind exactly. of where Exactly. I know, mean, and <clears throat> stop and think about this. He's re He's been with Jimmy since 2012 yeah. in the Xfinity Series. I mean, uh, midway through 2012, he hooked up with that 52 car, and he's been with Jimmy on a full-time basis pretty much ever since then. They've had some really, really great results. They got a top-five finish together at Talladega back in 2015. So, I mean, this is not a partnership that has been a disappointment by any means. They've been top 20 or very close to it consistently each of the last four years. And actually, here's the stat that I most like about this. Joey's average finish in the Xfinity Series has gone down, a.k.a. it's gotten better. Every single season, it was 29.4 the first year together in 2014, bumped down to 27.5 in 15, stayed constant in 2016, and now this year it's 26.4. So, I mean, they've showed that progression of consistently getting better, and you just you hate to see it come to an end, but you hope that something better is on the horizon for both sides, especially for Joey, who's had six starts in the Cup Series this year. You'd like to think maybe a bigger opportunity on that front. Well, and see, that's kind of what's intriguing me is, 
you know, why hasn't Joey committed to Jimmy? Uh, given those stats, I think it's safe to say, Cisco, that Joey has, I believe at least, performed to the level of the equipment. You know, this is not an elite team by any means. They're a smaller team. They don't have a lot of the resources and advantages that the big teams do. Much like JD Motorsports, they make a dollar, basically last like three. And, you know, that's really where this team is. And Joey and Jimmy have been, as Jacob said, together since 2012. I mean, you know, five seasons, that's a while for a team like this to exist. And so it makes me wonder what else Joey has potentially up his sleeve if he hasn't renewed with Jimmy for 2018. Yeah, and I just kind of had it wandering through my head a little bit. We've had this discussion going the last couple of weeks about all these cup guys who don't have rides for next year. What are the chances that one of them maybe comes down to one of these Xfinity teams because they need a ride? And goes out there and says, hey, I'll help you develop your program. You know, I've got X amount of years in the Cup Series. I'd be, it'd be a good resource. Well, I don't see any of the, I certainly don't see any of the, the bigger drivers driving this car simply because it's, it's not up to, to par with, you know, a Roush or a Gibbs or a Junior or, you know, those Ganassi, those teams, Childress. Um, but I certainly could see, a driver who either doesn't have a full-time ride and needs an opportunity, uh, but I think they're going to require some funding too. Um, you know, I don't think you can, I don't think they're going to, to be able to put a driver in the car who doesn't bring funding, but this is an opportunity, I think, like, like SS Greenlight, uh, Jacob, I would yeah. put it more in that category for somebody like a Spencer Boyd who brings some money with them to to be able to hop in and show that they can run in the top half of the field. I would agree with that. The question then becomes, what does that look like and who is it? Because I'm not coming up with somebody right offhand. And, you know, I guess I wouldn't have come up necessarily with Spencer Boyd going to SS Greenlight. Well, so it's perhaps something that we don't know about just yet. I think it's maybe, as you say, somebody for the truck series, something like that. Um, you know, okay, Jacob, you're, you're yeah, like, you, I, you I, look I, like you just saw a ghost, which well, generally means you have something to bring to us that we didn't know about a minute ago. Yeah, because literally it just popped up on Twitter 21 uh, seconds ago. Okay, is this so breaking news? This is legitimate breaking, breaking news. news. Brad Keselowski Racing has announced that crew chief Mike Hillman Jr. has left the organization and Buddy Sisko, who was the interim crew chief for Chase Briscoe earlier this season when Hillman was suspended for the uh, tire issue will be crew chief for the remainder of Brad Keselowski Racing's tenure wow. in the series for the 29 truck. One of those things where, surprisingly, Buddy Sisko was actually has the better results this season, so you wonder what might be possible for, for Chase Briscoe going through the rest of the truck series season, but I have to be honest, not unexpected because obviously BKR is leaving and Mike Hillman Jr. has a very long resume yeah. in NASCAR. You expect that he is not going to be on the free agency market very no, long. No, in fact, this feels to me like any moment now we could see another bit of breaking I news know. even before the show is over that 
Mike Hillman Jr. goes to, um, you know, the, again, it seems like somebody, uh, Mike has a reason for leaving before the season's over, I would think. So that would, would lead me to believe that he's working on or close to another opportunity. You would think, and wow. I will be very intrigued to see where he lands because, like I said, his resume is extensive in the sport and in the truck series. So okay. We wait and see. But, yes, that uh, that I was literally – Pulled my Twitter feed up, and that was the first tweet there. It was like, wow. oh, hello. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, while we have just a couple minutes here, K&M West. Yes. We'll start discussing that, and I know we'll Pick revisit it, it here a later, yeah. at a later point in the show. But they did race at All-American Speedway in Roseville, California over the weekend. And unlike much of the season – it was not a Bill McAnally car that went to Victory Lane. Instead, it was the Bob Bruncati number nine car driven by Michael Self, who not only wins the pole, but leads the most laps and wins for the second race in a row. This is big because Michael missed the opening race of the season and is now in the top five in points, just a couple points out of third place. If he hadn't have had to miss that Tucson race at the very start of the year, he may well have been right in the hunt for this championship. What might have been is the question that comes to my mind, but a great springboard because he's also running in a race that we'll talk about a little later in the program because Michael will be back in the dyno car for the ARCA race on Friday at Kansas. Toto. And with that, we will <laughs> take a break. And when we come back... Bobby Dale Earnhardt is going to join us on the program. This should be fun to talk with a member of the Earnhardt family who doesn't get a lot of time in front of the camera or the microphone, but is doing not one, but two races this weekend. And we are going to discuss those with him right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. 
HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Cody Coughlin, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Race Talk from the Renaissance, apparently. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and sorry, I cannot explain why I'm laughing. It would take way too long. Hunter Yancey and Bill North behind the glass and Cisco Scaramuza. I was going to say, don't forget Cisco. Joining us, I'll get there, joining us <laughs> via the Race Chaser Skype line. We're talking racing here on PMN and uh Good to have Bobby Dale Earnhardt on the program. This is going to be fun. We get to uh, have a driver on the show for the very first time. We always love that and introduce him to all of you in our audience. So let's get right to it from the Race Chaser Hotline. Bobby Dale Earnhardt, welcome to the program. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on to it. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, 2000 ARCA Truck Series Rookie of the Year, and you are doing double duty this weekend, running in both the ARCA race and the Xfinity Series race. Talk a little bit about, uh, let's first talk about the ARCA ride. How did you get hooked up with uh, Hickson Motorsports for the Kansas 150? Well, I had, uh, I've run a couple races with them before, uh, I think three races. 
uh, one at Toledo, one at or tourists, one at Toledo, one at Elko. So um, we had that relationship there. I gave him a call because I thought I was going to have to run for Kansas or Arthur race, you know, the Redneck Tennessee race. Uh, and so we talked with this whole bit of to where I could come and run his car, and they actually asked me to come around for him. And so uh, here I am. I'm going to run the Arthur car for Dixon and a number three. So that's pretty cool. That should be uh, really cool. And uh, also, Xfinity, you're driving for MBM Motorsports. Not only, this is not your first ride with uh, them this year. No, it's not. Um, we went to uh, Richmond this year and went out there. It was my first race in Xfinity and had a good race. Uh, I learned a lot in taking a lot from what I learned there. Been a flight this weekend at Kansas, so. I'm really looking forward to, to being back with these guys. They work really hard to our two tracks and uh, camping you know, for everything that they're doing. I'm getting the opportunity to run the car again. Bobby Dale, talk a little bit about uh, you know the fact that yes, you're uh, you're going to a, a new track in Kansas, but you've had experience in both the. ARCA car and the Xfinity car. Uh, how do you think that's going to help you uh, get acclimated this weekend? Well, the good thing about this weekend is I'm getting to run the ARCA car before I go and run the Xfinity car. So uh, what I can learn in the ARCA race is I'm going to be able to apply to the Xfinity race and make it a lot better. And uh, as far as the ARCA race, everything I've, I've learned during the past 13 in the Arca series, um, I have ran Pocono in the Arca series, so that's a that's a big deal. Um, going from a big track like that to a five-mile track here, uh, I think it's going to be a lot a lot better. Uh, I think I'm better on bigger tracks than I am on short tracks. So it's going to be fun, and uh, and I can't wait. Uh, it's the first mile and a half in the Xfinity series, so it's going to be different. It's going to be fun. Now, I know a lot of people hear the name Earnhardt and their ears and eyebrows perk up a little bit. You're fourth generation, and obviously growing up in the family, I'm sure there's a lot of people to lean on. Uh, have you leaned on the experience within the rest of your family as you've started to get acclimated and take the bigger steps into ARCA and into Xfinity? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I talked to my Uncle did that rich me a little bit about the track, and then I talked to my brother all the time. Uh, and he, he's up and running the one through, and he's sitting in the 33 car. So he's been to these tracks, and he's given me a lot of advice that I've, I've used during the race that actually helped me. So, but yeah, I mean, it's nice having people lean on like that and go to an expert uh, advice. I mean, I tell you, anybody in the garage area is. I mean, you can pretty much go to any of the uh, if you have any questions, I think that you need to, and they're so very friendly and very helpful, because they want you to go out there and be able to run your race and, and not be a threat to them, so they're, they're more than willing to help you. Talk a little bit about uh, your sponsors, or as we call them, marketing partners here. And you might want to speak up just a little bit if we can get you to do that, Bobby Dale. Uh, talk about who your marketing partners are for the, the races this weekend. Yeah, this weekend we we have uh, an insurance company, a couple of insurance out of Kansas, uh, come on board, set up, and help us get to the track. 
Um, also, we have Jeremy's Paint and Body Shop. Uh, they come on the TV panel. And also, uh, Josh Blockworks and Neon, Neon Lizard Creative. Uh, they, they, they're all great. And I, I could take them. They're stepping up and coming on board and making this weekend possible. Allowing me to you know, do what I need to do. Well, we certainly wish you the best at both races, Bobby Dale, and it's been great to uh, talk with you here on the Stock Car Show. Uh, wish you a safe, uh, success weekend, and look forward to having you back uh, maybe at some point later on down the road when you're not uh, in the vicinity of a racetrack there. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, like I said, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate all my sponsors and all the fans that support me and are behind me. And uh, anybody can go on my fan page and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, follow me and uh, keep everybody up to date on this, all my progress and see where this goes after this weekend. Well, we certainly uh, certainly wish you all the luck in the world. And again, for those uh, who couldn't uh, hear him well, go to uh, Bobby Dale Earnhardt. Search him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow him and keep up. Great guy and uh, a, a young driver who's trying to uh, actually you know, make his way through and do it on his own. And that can be tough in this racing environment. Um, he's really uh, doing everything he possibly can to... Uh, impress the right people and keep himself going until he gets that uh, bigger opportunity so we do wish him luck in both the arca and the xfinity series races this weekend and you know speaking of arca i was gonna say we we can get to arca in a second but i guess we didn't really get to finish circling back to the knn west race i figure we can wrap that and then talk a little arca maybe uh Okay, that's fine. We'll go back to K&M West. I know, because there were still a few points uh, in that that I, I feel like were important that we didn't get to right before the last break, Tom. And I think it deserves to be said. You and I have talked about this before, and I guess it ties directly into the ARCA race, the fact that Michael Self is having the success that he is right now, yeah. getting ready to translate that back into MDM Motorsports this weekend, driving for them in this ARCA finale. But can you only imagine what might have been if the, if this partnership with Sinclair had taken root and he'd been able to run more races early in this season, yeah. what he might be doing now. Because once Michael has gotten comfortable, he's been good. Well, I don't think there's any question that uh, Michael, I mean, he showed before that he was a, a wheelman. And yes. he had a bit of a break from the driving part of the sport just for lack of sponsorship to keep him in the seat. And immediately went into doing other things like driver coaching. I think he driver coached uh, Justin Haley, didn't he? Yes. Do I remember that? Still, yeah. Still does at times. Oh, he does. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Michael's a great example of he's a little bit older now. I think he's, what, 27, 28? 27, yeah. 20, yeah. Something like that. But he can get a car around a racetrack. And I think if you put him, you know, I think we, we saw with Ryan Priest that you could take a driver who hasn't had – now, Ryan had a whole year with J.D. Motorsports and Xfinity last year, but mm -hmm. you put him in Gibbs' car, completely different situation. I think Michael Self, yeah. same kind of thing. I think you could drop Michael Self into a Gibbs Xfinity car right now and take mm -hmm. him to several of the tracks, and he would be super strong. And so, you know, that's a situation where it doesn't surprise me the success that he's having right now. Not at he's all. He's in a great situation with a really strong team, and he can wheel a race car. Yes, he can. Now, 
do I think this means that the Bill McAnally train has suddenly gone off the tracks? No. Absolutely no. not. Because while Michael Self did win the race for the second straight appearance for Bob Bruncati, the six car out of the Bruncati stable, driven by Julia Landauer, was nowhere in the conversation, and the BMR cars were second, third, and fourth behind Self. So yeah. this is very much still Bill McAnally's world, but Michael Self is just kind of interrupting it right yeah, now with yeah, what he, he's done. He uh, he definitely did a great job, and again, not a surprise to see him pull off a victory, but no. a nice change i think indeed um for the series they need uh i think they need more of these teams to be able to sneak in and get wins yes. nothing yes against uh the mcanally group but to nice to see somebody else get yes it. math can we do math for a minute um i'm not very good at math you go ahead i'm slightly less bad at it so <laughs> the math that's a really reassuring yeah. for our audience the math that I have, which is supported by a sheet from NASCAR, which tells me I'm right, <laughs> is well. that Todd Gilliland left All-American Speedway over the weekend with e an 11-point margin over Chris Eggleston in the championship, which equates to the following. No matter what Eggleston does in the season finale at Kern County Raceway Park in a couple of weeks, if Gilliland finishes seventh or better, he wins the championship, period. End of discussion. If he finishes eighth or worse, then it gets interesting. And Kern County, yes, it's a big track. It's a big short track, half mile, I think, if I'm right, if I remember I think correctly. You're right. I think yeah. it's half. It's a big half mile, but that doesn't mean it doesn't race like a short track. Uh, and you can double check the size. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm about but to look. Yeah, yes. it's, it's, I mean, look. If Todd Gilliland finishes lower than seventh, now I, I know, I'd I have. know you all listening in the audience who listen to this show all the time. Yes, but Canon East, we thought, well, yeah, okay, blew a tire and hit the uh, ball. He's but, not going to see that happen well, again. Well, he could. I he mean, could. it's possible, but um, th the odds are that he it's, would likely yeah. be in the top three. You would think, or at least yeah. outside that, outside chat, he would be in the top five. Yeah. So, you know, of note this season <laughs> in 13 races, Todd Gilliland has been first, second or third 10 times. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You you know, barring a really really unforeseen circumstance again, which, you know, we've seen that. Um you would think this is fairly safe. I would also think that knowing what happened to him on the east yeah. side of things, I would think he goes into this race, sure he wants to win, but much like Doug Kobe did at Thompson last week, you go in and if you can find a place to ride where you know you Our finish champion. there, you win the championship, yep. and you think going forward, put your whole race in jeopardy, you're going to just ride it out and take the exactly. big prize. Exactly. By the way, my math did check out Kern County is a half mile. I track. thought it was. Just and off this wasn't positive. in Bakersfield. Um, and, you know, it's 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 going to be certainly a, an interesting thing to watch. It but will I think be. Todd is pretty. It will be. He's. Let's put it this way. It's his to lose. Absolutely, it's his if to lose. If you can finish seventh or better and still win, it's yours to lose. You're, you're good. And that's you know. Todd's done that really well this season. What we're going to do right here is take a break. And on the other side of this, we're going to hear from Kyle Souza 
because Modifieds, because Thompson World Series, and because Doug Kobe won a championship. And oh, by the way, coming up at the top of the hour, Timmy Salamito joins modifieds. us live. Yes, more Modifieds. So we'll hear from the winner in a little bit, Kyle Souza, right after this. You're listening to the Stock Car Show here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road high school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively they need to be prepared for any highway emergency for less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less bsr instructors at summit point motorsports park and nearby summit point west virginia will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road bsr's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed ocular driving which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents vehicle dynamics and feedback skid control and skid recovery threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques this is is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and we are joined by our New England Motorsports correspondent, Kyle Souza, who is also a member of the area auto racing news journalistic staff, or journalism staff, maybe more properly said, and is also part of the NASCAR Home Tracks staff as well covering all of the wheel and modified tour events kyle souza you just ran well you didn't run it but you attended the thompson speedway we call it the icebreaker in the beginning of the year it's uh some years this has been the ice maker but not this year you just had some fog but uh the world series up there produced the final race of the wheel and modified tour season and here we go again doug kobe is your champion 
Yeah, I think uh, you know we talked about this last week, right here on this show that Doug Kobe. It was going to take a lot for somebody to defeat Doug Kobe. It was really going to take a mechanical failure, uh, and or a broken part or a crash to take Doug out of that race on Sunday. And uh, you know he showed that those guys still have one of the dominant setups at Thompson on the Wheel of Modified Tour. Some had put that setup into question. Well, he went out qualified on the outside pole. And uh, he led the first 82 laps in dominating faction. He made it look really easy as if he wasn't even trying and still pulling away. He has to pit uh, for some tires. Some others use some different strategy to get out in front of him. And he kind of finishes the race in between 5th and 10th uh, for a lot of that final laps there on Sunday afternoon. But 5th uh, was enough. I mean, Timmy Salomito wins the race. He needed to do that. He did what he needed to do. Justin Bonsignor finished up towards the front as well. But uh, those guys needed Kobe to have a problem in order to win the championship. And uh, they didn't have it. So, Doug, Tom, I'll throw some numbers at you. Four straight NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour championships for the Connecticut driver. He has uh, now joined Jerry Cook and Richie Evans as the only drivers to do that in the history of NASCAR Modifieds. And Doug is the first driver in the history of the Wheel and Modified Tour uh, to win four straight in what they consider the modern era. Doug is a five-time overall champion, which means that he joins names like Tony Hirschman and Mike Stefanik with more than five championships in the wheel and modified tour. So uh, those numbers to me are phenomenal. And definitely, you know, Doug, very, very, very uh, humble. Not going to put out there that, you know, he, he says that he's not a part of that group. But uh, I, I really tend to disagree with him. You know, I I don't know where to go with that except to agree with you. You know, it's just one of those things. We had this great stretch run, and I think we all need to enjoy that. Doug Kobe, though, I mean, you can't say enough about that team. They just, you know, he had the bad start at the beach, but uh, once he got past that and got into, especially into the, the summer part of the season, it just became a consistent catch-up game for him and, he was in control when he needed to be. This It's kind of like a race. The only lap you have to lead is the last one. Yeah, and that way he didn't. So in his case, he didn't even have to lead the last lap on Sunday. He no. knew who was around him. I mean, he knew what he had to do. And, Jacob, I'll bring you in. He was one of those guys that went into that race knowing every scenario in his head. And he said, "When I, you know, the end of the race, I saw Timmy leading. But I didn't have to do anything because I knew I had to beat him by 10 or 12 spots. You know, I knew he had to beat me by 10 or 12 spots. Sorry. And he uh, he only beat me by four. So in order for him to win that championship, he was going to have to really hope that Kobe had a problem. And Kobe never had that problem, which I think goes as well, Jacob, to a testament of that crew. Uh, they put together a phenomenal car each and every week for him. And I think that's important. Yeah, it is. It's very important. This sport is about a team effort. And that's what we saw all season long it was to the nth degree in some cases what they had to do and what they had to go through in order to make this happen and you know what they did it better than everybody else once again I'm gonna leave the six car out of that equation a little bit temporarily because that's a discussion that we'll get to in a moment Kyle in regards to the whole Ed Partridge team and their team effort to bring home a championship of a different sort. But for Doug, this to me puts him alongside the elites. You talk about drivers who have NASCAR Hall of Fame credentials. This is where I put Doug Kobe in the Hall of Fame class as far as 
he needs a serious look for nomination when it's all said and done because if you've got Richie Evans in, you've got Jerry Cook, who's a six-time champion, on the list. You've got Mike Stefanik, a seven-time champion, on the list. Doug, I think, is going to be the next one from the modified ranks to get to that point and to get to that threshold. And I don't think he's done, quite frankly, as far as from a statistical standpoint. I think we may see him get closer still to the likes of Cook, Stefanik, and Evans before it's all over because at the end of the day, until somebody beats him, he's the guy. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. You know, he mentioned to me after – Sunday night was over that, you know, he had some more competition this year than he's had in the last couple of years. Of course, Ryan Priest missing two races still was up there. And Timmy Salamito put together a fantastic year. Five feature wins this year. Uh, what bit Salamito was those DNFs he had at the end of the summer stretch, you know, crashing at Seekonk, crashing at Loudoun uh, twice at Loudoun. So th- that was really his downfall this year. Those DNFs didn't help him. But Doug said to me, You know, I had more competition this year, but we still found a way to get the job done. And I think we've seen him win championships now four straight years in four different ways. 2013, uh, he loses the championship to Ryan Priest, comes out in 14 and wins one race, very consistently wins the championship. 15 and 16, he dominated the tour. 15, he did it by winning five, six, seven times. 16, the same thing, multiple time wins. Uh, one of those two years, he did it by out-qualifying the field and starting up front. This year, they threw different things at him. You can only take one tire per pit stop. you got to come back in. Uh, there, there's more pitting. There's a soft tire available to some people that want it. And he still found a way with his team to defeat everybody at the end of the season. So, I mean, he had a lot of things thrown at him this year, a little bit better competition than he's seen, and a large car count to conclude the season. 35 cars took the green flag. On Sunday at Thompson, the best car count of the year, and uh, that was another wrench that was thrown into them. They knew they had to qualify in the front and run well. That way they weren't mired in the middle of the pack for those uh, dastardly wrecks that do happen sometimes. That's true. Now, I want to ask you this, Kyle, because you mentioned the car count to end the season, 35 cars, and overall this was a very productive season for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour when you look at the entire season, no car counts worse than 21 for any of the 16 races. And when you look at the average car count, you're averaging 27 cars a race. Is this something that we can build on? Is there any level of concern, do you feel like, going into next year? Because I feel like we ended a lot stronger than maybe we started the year in a lot of aspects. That's a tough question, Jacob. I'm not sure that uh, and I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days. I'm not sure the World Series gives you a full uh, look to what we might see next year. We've seen over the last couple of years the World Series has the best car count of the year. And I think that's partly because uh, people, you know, modified racing is kind of done. And people put their car together to finish the season at the World Series and run under the NASCAR sanction. I'm not sure, though, uh, that they're... That, that that's going to help us on a full-time basis next year. And, uh, you know, we did get some Southern support this weekend, which I think was great. Uh, Andy Sice came up to run the uh, Brady Bunch Double Zero, though that's a car that's centered up here. Burt Myers came up to one with Eddie Harvey, and those guys did pretty well. Uh, so, you know, interesting to see if we see more of that next year. But I think uh, as far as that car count, it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't push me over the edge on thinking that we're going to see a lot more cars next year. 
what does excite me, though, is the competition this year was better, and Doug Kobe didn't win every race that we've seen him do before. So and I'm not sure that Doug all of a sudden next year could come out and win seven, eight races because guys like Salomito and Bonsignor, Bonsignor didn't win this year. That's another thing. But Salomito won five times, and I'm not sure he's going to slow down. So I don't think Doug is going to be able to win all the races again like he did a couple of years ago because the competition's better uh, right now. And I think the competition is something that Doug takes very seriously, that team takes very seriously, and they took this as a big accomplishment uh, to be able to win this title. Well, you know, I think this really could become a Doug Kobe, Timmy Salamita rivalry. <clears throat> Excuse me, and not to take anything away from Bonsignor or anyone else, but I just think those are the two guys right now. Now, here's my question, though. With Ryan Priest rumored to be headed perhaps for a heavier, if not to say full-time, Xfinity Series schedule with uh, some ex-football coaches team. Again, rumor. Then who drives the Priest 6 for next year? Could that be a factor in the tour? Yeah, I think it could be. But over the last couple of years, Ed Partridge has gone out and said that if Priest isn't driving my cars, I'm not sure that I want to do this Hmm. because he doesn't have the staff to be able to maintain the cars full time. And don't forget, Priest maintains them full time. Ah. So, you know, if he can come up with a driver that's going to be able to maintain and has a crew to do it, then it's definitely possible. But I think that's why Partridge kind of get away from guys like Ronnie Silk, uh, because he couldn't bring the people to do the full time schedule so that becomes another aspect that i do think is interesting but we'll have to keep monitor on that and see you know it's a little bit early uh to speculate what will happen for next year but i mean it's never too early to think about for partridge at least what's going to happen if priest doesn't run uh the wheel and tour next year well obviously we're going to hear from timmy salamito in a couple of minutes who picked up the win in the thompson world series we really haven't talked how tight that was between salamito and dowling kyle uh just not even a half a car length at the checkered flag. And then you mentioned the possibility of a Partridge 6 not being on the tour next year. Boy, if there's not, isn't it a heck of a way for Ed to go out with Ryan clinching the owner's championship and them being able to celebrate that on Sunday as well? Yeah, they really enjoyed that championship celebration. I even got sprayed with champagne uh, standing in the middle of it. Those guys were very, very fired up about winning that championship uh, for the owner. I know Partridge would have obviously liked to have Priest win the driver's title, but that meant a lot to Priest as well, Tom. You know, both of them together. Winning that owner's championship makes them the first guys to be able to win the owner's championship, uh, and there's a different driver champion. So it's the first time in the history of the tour that there's a different owner and driver champion. So I think that's pretty cool for them as well to go down to the record books as the first ones to be able to do that. It is cool, and, you know, just thinking out loud, I bet Andy Sice would like to sit in that car for next year, and he might have some time to spend working on it. I don't know. Uh, just something to think about. I, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of discussions about drivers wanting to drive the car, just whether or not the perfect situation works out. It certainly is a championship contending car having won this year the owner's championship and probably we could say would have likely won the driver's championship as well had priest run the full schedule unless lady luck intervened and with that we uh thank you kyle for uh dropping by again and talking nascar modifieds we'll uh continue the new england discussion obviously on future programs here lots to talk about as the off season kicks in we start hearing about 2018 
And with that, we step aside. We continue to talk to her, however, because last weekend's winner, Timmy Salamito, joins us next on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. The leaders in motorsport safety will be back right after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Second hour of uh, the Stock Car Show, presented by HMSMotorsport.com. The leader in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com or visit either one of their two locations, Danvers, Massachusetts, or here in Mooresville, North Carolina. The second hour begins with more modified conversation, which is okay with me. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman around the round table along with Cisco Scaramuza. We've got Hunter Yancey and Bill North from the Carolina School of Broadcasting behind the glass doing all the button pushing and phone answering and dialing and all that good stuff. And Timmy Salamito joining us now via the one and only Race Chaser Hotline here in the studio. Timmy, the winner of last weekend's World Series race at Thompson for the Wheel and Modified Tour. And Timmy, welcome back to the program. We're happy to have you back. Congratulations on a big win. Oh, so close to the big prize. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate 
Yeah, it was a pretty bittersweet weekend. You know, we were able to take home the win with the Star Tools, uh, number 16, but uh, came up six sh- points short of the championship, which was uh, a little disappointing. You know, we had a really strong year with, uh, you know, five wins and uh, three poles. So, you know, it was a, it was a strong year, but uh, just came up a little bit short when you crunched the numbers. Timmy, you and I were actually talking about this yesterday, and this not only a strong year for you guys as a team at Flamingo Motorsports, but also a strong year for the tour as a whole. The first year under the unified tour format, uh, you know, fields consistently in the mid-20s all the way through, and we saw 35 cars for the World Series. What Assess the year from a competition level standpoint, because I, I heard Doug say it a couple times that this year was a different year but it was a fun challenge. Yeah, you know, every year uh, I think competition gets more and more. Uh, you know, every year it seems to grow. It seems to have, you know, new guys stepping it up and getting faster every week. And, I mean, it just goes to show you, uh, toward the end of the year it was just getting harder and harder to win these shows. And, um, you know, at Thompson on, on Sunday it was no different. It was so hard to pass. Um, you know, usually at Thompson you can – Kind of, if the car's handling good, you can get right back to the front, and uh, you had to muscle your way back up there. Um, you know, we kind of had it all on the line and um, had to make any hold and an opportunity work, and we were able to do that. But um, every year, the the, the the competition gets better. Everybody catches up a little bit, you know, and you got to work all winter to try and find that little edge to get back out there the next year and hopefully, um, you know, find something during the winter that you can, can get out there and get better. So, um, you know, it just seems to keep getting better, and, I'm sure next year will be no different. I, I hear a lot of guys are joining on the tour. And, um, you know, had some really fast cars towards the end of the year that are going to be running full-time. So it'll be interesting to see what next year brings. And, um, you know, I'm sure it'll be exciting for NASCAR, exciting for the, comp- uh, the competition, and uh, hopefully exciting for the fans. That's the most important thing. This was a career year for you, obviously. Five wins this season and a performance level. You and Sly figured out a lot of things with that 16 car that – I, I don't know that maybe we're quite there before. I mean, you just found another level this season. Uh, how do you guys assess where Flamingo Motorsports is as a program now compared to where you started the year? Well, you know, Flamingo Motorsports has always been a championship-caliber team. Um, you know, they fielded cars for uh, a lot of great drivers. Uh, you know, Mike Stefanik, Ryan Priest, um, Chris Kopeck. You know, I mean, there was guys along the way that – have always run really good with the 16 car, and I feel like every year that we've been together, we've gotten better. They've kind of, you know, they took me under their wing, um, and I learned a lot from them. You know, uh, I, I came to them off my rookie year driving for Wayne Anderson and uh, didn't really know much but quarter-mile racing. I used to race, you know, short track, bull ring, riverhead raceway every sure. single Saturday night and uh, came to some of these bigger tracks, and it was kind of like starting all over. You know, you had to learn everything, learn how to pass, um, learn how the car's supposed to drive and, and, you know, try and relay that back to a crew chief that's been winning championships for um, more years than I've been racing. So um, it was, you know, it was difficult at first. You know, we, we struggled the first year, but, um, you know, this is the end of our third season, and uh, I feel like we've come a long way and we've only gotten better, and, um, you know, our relationship is very good. We, uh, we talk quite a bit, and, um, you know, we're always wondering how to get better. And, uh, you know, even with five wins, the guys were back at the shop Monday. Uh, both cars were torn down, and uh, they're getting ready for, for prep and paint and uh, to start all over. So, wow. you know, uh, anytime you have guys that 
um, work as hard as Sly and Jerry and everybody back at the shop, um, you know, the success uh, comes a little bit easier. Not much, but a little bit. You know, those guys work hard, um, you know, and, and what I love about it is he's always thinking about how to go faster, and I'm always trying to make it go faster. So I think it's a good combination. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of everything that we've accomplished. With, you know, we've put together nine wins, and um, that's five or six bowls. And uh, Sunday was our thousandth, uh, thousandth, yeah, thousandth flat bullet together in three years. So, um, you know, a lot of things to be excited for moving forward. Um, you know, just excited to be part of this program and happy they've asked me back for another year. And I wanted to get to that a little bit because uh, that came out. I think you posted about that, or I saw you posted about it just before uh, we got to Thompson weekend. How relieving was it when uh, when you got the call and everything was sewed up that they uh, were bringing you back for 2018? Oh, you know, it's always a great phone call to get. Um, you know, in the past two years, they've actually asked me earlier than, than this year. So, um you know, I wasn't real nervous, but I was kind of starting to wonder. I'm going, hey, where's that phone call? <laughs> you know, but uh, it was certainly good to get the phone call and, you know, kind of gives you that little extra confidence going in the last weekend that we needed. And, um, you know, we had a, a misfortune in practice, but we were able to unload the backup car and guys worked really hard to get through the day. And, um, you know, I was really determined to win that race. And I knew we had to go out there and win it. And, you know, we did exactly what we set out to do, win the race and see where the points fall. Um, but, you know, just like I said, just really happy to be back for next year. And I'm um, excited to see what the future plans with uh, the motorsports team. And um, it'll be interesting to see what next year is like. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be a confidence-boosting thing that you came within six points this year. I mean, you've gotten better <clears throat> all the way through the season. You, you had a couple of um, races there where you just had some really bad luck, got caught up in some things. But for the most part, it was a really good season for you guys, and now you have to go into 2018, and as much as you look at Kobe and go, how in the world do we beat this guy? You know that you can, and you've got Ryan Priest, who it seems like may be doing something different next year, so he wouldn't be in the championship fight. Um, you know, do, do you feel like going into 2018 that maybe that could be your year after you know, now you've had plenty of time to gel and proven that you can at least be in the hunt all the way down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go in every year. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you set out to, to win races and run up front, um, you know, and you're not really thinking about points. And then midway through, you start thinking about points. And then, you know, you just kind of do the point deal from there on out. But, um, you know, every year, the tour gets new guys and guys that run full time. And, um, you know, it's always tough. It, it gets tougher every year. Um, even with a guy like Brian Priest, if he does uh, get a shot, you know, where he belongs, you know, you still got guys like uh, Doug, Justin Bonsignor, Ron Silk was running really good with the 85. Chase Dowling was running strong at the end of the year. So, you know, you bring in a whole new factor of players to start next year. So you don't know what next year will bring. Um, you know, it feels good to go out on top in 2017 with a win at the end of the year. And, you know, you, you can kind of ride that momentum to start the, the season next year. But, um, you know, you really just don't know what next year will bring. And, uh, you know, do I feel like I go to the racetrack every week with a shot to win? I, I do. I feel like the guys prepare a great car, and I feel like we go there and, and we have a shot to win almost every week. So, um, you know, we just got to be smart and, you know, keep doing what we've been doing, just work hard and, and uh, drive the car as hard as we can and 
just put ourselves in position to be there at the end, and, and that was uh, that's the main thing. Well, obviously, to be in position like you have been, Timmy, it takes a lot of good people and a lot of good marketing partners. Who do you need to thank that has put up a career, this career season for you on the tour? Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, it, it takes an army to do this. Um, you know, first and foremost, i got to thank Eric Sanderson, uh, Sly Zabin, Jerry McCoskey, Paul Less, uh, all the guys back at the shop. I mean, they kind of they, they took a shot on me a couple of years ago off my rookie year, like I said earlier, and... Um, you know, you go in a little nervous saying, I got to fill the shoes of a guy like Ryan Priest and Mike Stefanik and guys that, you know, ran up front and won races with that car. So, um, you know, just got to really thank them. And, um, you know, we had a great uh, season with Starrett Tools on board, uh, Mighty Bike Products. Um, you know, it was great having them this year, and hopefully we'll see them back for next year. And, um, you know, we had Troy Race Cars, Bob Bruno uh, Racing Engines, Starrett Fabrication, Gale Force Suspension. Uh, Bubba Gale and, and the guys down there from down south, um, they were awesome to us this year. I uh, even got to run Bowman Gray one night with them guys, so that was cool. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Diversified metals, JRI shocks, uh, Bassett rims, Heinz Performance, um, RMP Enterprise, Diversified Metals, Sanderson McLeod. Um, I mean, that that's just about, I think, most of them. Hopefully I hit them all, but... Uh, you know, like I said, it takes a lot of people to do this, and just uh, very thankful and, and very happy to have this opportunity. Well, before we let you go, Timmy, uh, I, you mentioned something right there towards the end and that I was going to ask about. Obviously, it sounds like it's not in the bank yet that uh, Starrett is back uh, for 2018, but are you optimistic at seeing them back, and what was that relationship like this year? Because it seemed like there was a lot of success between the two, the two sides this year. Yeah, certainly. It was great to have them on board this year. Um, you know, it's always great when you go to the racetrack and, and promote a company as, uh, you know, like Starrett. Um, you know, I'm hoping for next year it's going to be the same deal, and, and it's looking pretty good uh, as of right now. So uh, we should know here shortly in the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, really happy with what we how we performed on the racetrack and and uh, the showing that we were able to give Starrett. And, you know, I was just really proud to be able to run their colors this year and, and their name on the quarter panel. And, um, you know, we even got a lot of their employees coming out to the races uh, toward the end of the year and, um, you know, some new fans on the fan page there. And, um, you know, that's all you can really ask for. You know, you just want to bring, bring Starrett Tools to light and hopefully, uh, you know, promote some business for them. Um, you know, they make some great precision engineering tools and um, they're probably the, the best around. So, you know, a lot of race teams are using them. So if, if uh, you guys are looking for tools, be sure to look on their webpage and uh, contact me or, or uh, BJ Gearn on Facebook, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. Well, Timmy, we appreciate uh, you taking some time to talk with us again, and congratulations again on the victory and one fantastic season, you and the team. We hope that you um, have a, a safe and uh, enjoyable holiday season if we don't talk to you before that, but uh, look forward to keeping in touch with you throughout the off season as 2018 years and starting to have some conversation about what could be for you next year. Certainly guys. I always appreciate you having me on. It's a great show and uh, I hope to hear from you soon. That's Timmy Salamito. We step aside. When we come back, more motorsports conversation. We got ARCA to talk about. They've got a race tomorrow night, which is Friday night, for those of you who may not be listening live. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about what they've got going on at Kansas. So we'll talk about that and more on the other side. You're listening to the Stock Car Show 
presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Oh, if we only have video in the studio right now. Yeah, how about no? Jacob air drumming to Metallica. Wow. Okay, welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Zielman. Whose job it is to entertain, by the way. Yes, and you're doing a very good job over there, I must say. Cisco Scaramuza and behind the glass, Hunter and Bill from the <laughs> Carolina School of Broadcasting <laughs> producing the show for us this evening, and we're happy to have them aboard, of course, and thank them for all their hard work back there because they make us look good and yeah, sound good. Yeah, they make good. us sound a lot better than we, we actually, actually are. That's uh, exactly <laughs> right. Okay, ARCA time. We, we talk ARCA because ARCA's going to Kansas or and actually, they are probably already are in Kansas yes, by some the of time. Them, some of them already are in the garage area at Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and this is their season finale. Indeed it is. And we already know who the champion is. Indeed we do. That All he has be, to do is turn a lap tomorrow in practice. Yeah, that would be none other than Austin Terrio uh-huh. from Ken Trader Racing. Ken Trader Racing, but I was going to say from New England, who is really, if you think about that, to have somebody whose roots 
are in the New England Pro Stocks, which are a division of racing. Think about, for those of you who don't know what a Pro Stock is, you're not from that part of the country, it's a super late model, basically. And that is such a competitive division up there. And wow, to have somebody like Terrio make his way, again, not a lot of family money here at right. this point in time, okay? Um, had as much help as his parents could give him along the way to get down here and get to this point. But Ken Schrader Racing really taking a chance with him. And I think that he's proven himself basically all the way up to the Xfinity level. And yeah. for him to win the championship, Jacob, I really just think it's, number one, it's appropriate. Number two, it's going to make for an amazing, as we mentioned before, an amazing banquet speech, not only by him, but Ken Schrader. But yeah, if you give Schrader the microphone at the banquet, good you won't luck get getting it back, it back for the about next three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to um, say three hours, but yeah, you're probably right. It, it'll, be a, it'll, it'll be a motorsports equivalent of a filibuster is what that is. <laughs> um, and, but, but the other thing about this is it's a true short tracker working his way up into the series and really doing it again uh, yeah. through sweat equity, if you will, and, and good for him. So, uh, but of course not just Terrio in competition tomorrow night. It's going to be a strong lineup of a mix of veterans and young racers in this event because it is the season closer. Exactly right. And as the season closer, it means there's one more chance for drivers to get a victory this weekend. There's some, like Ty Majeski, who are looking for career win number one. Yeah. There are others who are looking for another victory, like Terrio, who yep. I know would love to close things out with his eighth victory of the season. Oh, by the way, if he does that, it would be the most wins in one ARCA season since Parker Kligerman from NBC Sports now won nine races back in 2009. Oh, by the way, he was driving for Cunningham Motorsports. At that yeah, point. that's uh, and and that's one of those things where you you look at the season he's had and you say, well, you know, you've had other fast cars. I mean, certainly uh, Dalton Sargent has been up there and you, won a few races. Won a few races. You've had Riley Herbst up there. You've had Sheldon Creed, who I'm kind of keeping my eye on in this one too. Uh, Going to be driving for uh, MDM Motorsports in this one. Um, you know, I think you, you've got you've had Shane Lee up there, and Shane certainly has made a good impression this year. Michael Self, um, you know, Gus Dean, it's not for lack of competition. But Terrio, to me, the way that he's won this championship is by being the most consistently, consistently smart. I think I followed that mostly. Well, let me break it down even <laughs> further. Yeah, the whole please. season, I get easily confused. he's not only been consistent, but over the course of the season, he's been more consistent and more consistently smart. In other words, he doesn't make big mistakes. He doesn't beat himself. He, right. he lays and waits and doesn't worry about being in the lead and running away with it. You get the, some of these other young drivers that want to go and they want to lead every lap and they drive hard the whole race. Terrio understands the only lap he has to lead is the last one. Which he basically has led him to a couple of victories That's this exactly season. That's exactly right. Just now, I mean, he's taken care of the equipment. Yes, he has. In addition to all that, because this is the finale, Cisco, 
there are some faces that have not been on entry lists for the entire season. We talked with Bobby Dale Earnhardt earlier, but there's another driver who is back with a familiar team this weekend. Yeah, and that is the driver, the Camping World Truck Series rookie, Justin Haley, who's hopping in the number 78 for Mason Mitchell on Friday. And I'm just going to – he's had two starts this season. Tom, want to uh, want to tell me how many wins you think that 78's car has gotten in, that, in those two starts? Uh, well, I think the answer is two. Yes, he has batted 1,000 yeah, this season. Those. That is – he – and he's coming in with momentum after coming off – what has been kind of a really good year for him in the truck series, in my opinion. So I agree. I, I mean, he won both races at Springfield last year. He won at Pocono. He won at Talladega. He hasn't won a mile and a half yet in the last two years. So hello, Justin Haley. Yeah. I think, uh, again, you look down this entry list, time Majeski in the 99, um, you know, you've got, uh, Justin Haley in the 78 Dalton Sargent, 77 Spencer Davis, in the 55 for Billy Venturini. Austin Terrio in the 52 for Ken Schrader. Zane Smith in the 41 driving uh, a Doug Fuller prepared car. You've got Gustine, Michael Self, Shane Lee, Riley Herbst, Cole Rouse entered in this race in another Venturini car. Um, I mean, this is a thick entry list and a lot of experienced racers in this one in good solid equipment so i think that when you really look at this honestly there's probably a dozen drivers out of this list that can win this race and you know i i think this is really going to be interesting and of course ty dillon gets his first opportunity i think at least it's his first um to call a race in the booth with the tv crew on fox sports 2 tomorrow night, Friday night. Um, Going to be very interesting to uh, to see how Ty does in the booth. Yeah, and this is kind of we've seen Kevin Harvick do in the Cup Series, most notably this season and in, in several Xfinity races he did at Talladega. Um, also, past ARCA guys who have done it, Chris Buescher did it, Chase Briscoe, Justin Allgaier have all done it for ARCA broadcasts in the, in, uh, in the history of Fox yeah. airing the series. So that's going to be really awesome to see. And of course, I'm always a huge fan of having Phil in the booth as well. So well, really I'm cool glad to see those guys. I'm glad you mentioned Allgaier, Cisco, because for me, he's been the all-star of the ARCA broadcast yeah. team this year when oh, yeah. he's been on with Fox. I mean, Justin, much like I said when Kevin Harvick first did it, definitely has a career in television after his driving days are done, which hopefully aren't for a while yet because he's got a great positioning at JRM. But He's been fun to listen to, and I think Ty will be this weekend, too. It's going to be fun. Uh, Tom, can I circle back to the entry list for a minute? Yeah, we just went through the names. I mean, there's probably a dozen or more drivers. We we went all the way through the the top names on the list, and there's some very interesting names on, on the list this weekend. I want to circle a name that a lot of people might look past because it's not a very familiar name, but it's a very fast name. And somebody my family's been friends with for a lot of years, Chad Finley, yeah. in the 51, 51 car. car who, sure, yeah. Longtime late model shoe has done a lot of great things in the ARCA Racing Series this year. In fact, picked up a victory in the ARCA Racing Series back early in the season at uh, the Nashville Fairgrounds. Yeah. This, I mean, 
it's been a tremendous year for him and for that family-owned team. It's it's rare nowadays in the ARCA series to see a family-owned team do what he's done, but in six starts, I mean, he's had that win at Nashville, like I said, and he's or five starts, rather, the win and four top five finishes. His average finish this season, 4.8. Yeah. So keep an eye on Chad Finley. For sure. Yes, not an intermediate specialist, but I think he's going to have something to say in who wins this race tomorrow night. Well, going to be interesting. Uh, you know, like I said, it's a thick entry list and a lot of uh, really aggressive young racers in this one. So uh, going to be fun to watch for sure. Again, f this is a Friday night race from Kansas. It will be on Fox Sports 2. For those of you uh, who don't know if you get it, check your local listings or check with your cable provider. And 8.30 uh, tomorrow night. 8.30. Is that 8.30 Eastern? Uh, yes. Yes, 8.30 Eastern tomorrow night on Fox Sports 2. We're going to step aside when we come back. We uh, have a fit stop with... Uh, our fitness expert, Hunter Smith, and then our lightning round. After that, lots more still to come. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. 
know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or visit them in either of their two locations, Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in Mooresville, North Carolina. That's where our studios are. We broadcast live from the Race City USA Race Chaser PMN studios each and every week here on the Performance Motorsports Network on Mondays and Thursday evenings. And you are listening to the Thursday show, the Stock Car Show. I am Tom Baker. Jacob Seelman is with us along with Cisco Scaramuza. Behind the glass, we have Hunter and Bill from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And we have our fitness expert with us now, uh, part-time racer as well, Hunter Smith. Hunter works uh, with Planet Fitness and knows his fitness just like David Letterman knows his cuts of meat. And uh, we, <laughs> tonight you talk about driver strength and you ask the question, why is it important? And my first response that came to mind was, well, in case you run over Jimmy Spencer on the track. <laughs> That's yeah, why it's you important. Can, you gotta, you gotta stay away from that big guy right there. I mean, you don't want to look like Joey Logano if you run over Jimmy Spencer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with you there. That's funny. But um, in cases other than uh, for just strictly getting into arguments with some people on the track, but um, <laughs> it's really important. You know, you look at all these cars that we're driving and whether it be a, a full body uh, stock car or even if it's an open wheel car or carts, anything like that, between anything that comes out of you, those G-forces, the weight of the car, we have so much stuff we have to factor in and just being overall strong, you can't beat that for a driver for sure. Well, Let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, obviously I'm a little older than you and I've been going to races since the 70s. And back in the 70s, drivers didn't worry about fitness. I mean, you might have had a small percentage that were just normally, you know, fitness conscious by, you know, by uh, their own sort of personal nature, if you will. But nobody worried about that. I mean, you back in the 70s where I grew up, you had drivers like Richie Evans, for example, the modified legend who would party until he couldn't party anymore mm -hmm. the night before a race get in the car about oh, yeah. five hours later break the track record lead all 200 laps and you know then go back out and party some more so i know there's a lot of fans out there who want to know why i mean they didn't even have power steering back then hunter so tell me True. why all of a sudden now we have to be mountain bikers and adonises to be able to be successful at racing cars well i'll tell you what it's all about the conditioning and we look back at that time the 70s 80s even the early 90s and conditioning was a lot different than what it is now uh the drivers back then fought a lot more factors than we fight now there's a lot of other i'll, I'll leave it at factors in that and, yeah. you know a couple of my favorite a couple of my favorite just people in in motorsports and i really wish that i was around like really had gotten to see gotten to maybe even meet them but uh tim richmond you look at the uh, tim richmond yeah. like you said kind of like the richie evans go out party and come right back 
like he was the pretty boy coming into NASCAR and he was the playboy and he did all this stuff and he went out won races and was successful. And, um, you know, a couple other stories that I've heard too, and you look at Davey Allison, Davey Allison was, uh, one that was taken way before his time. Oh, yeah. He, uh, I remember hearing stories that he would be driving down the street in, in the middle of a North Carolina summer and with 9,500 degrees outside with his windows up and the heat on in his car, just, just not even in the race car, just in yeah. a street car to condition for those races on Sundays. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that's different. Now we don't have to necessarily worry about that. We got cool suits that we talked about like last week. We have cool shirts. Uh, we have different, uh, fresh air systems in our helmets that kind of help us out a little bit. Unfortunately, we don't have AC or radio in our cars yet. So that's been, uh, one thing that I'm sure people are working on, but, um, <laughs> we have a lot going on. But being strong, yeah, it's, it's just we have to condition differently. Now, there is power steering in these cars, so we don't really have to worry about that. But these drivers are even – they should condition as if there wasn't. It's There's just so much that's missing, and I see this a lot. And it's so many of these drivers are just not on the right routine. And it's one of those things that it, – it does frustrate me. I'll be completely honest because I see so many of these drivers out there and even pit crews with routines that just don't – either to me don't make sense or to me could be a lot better. Um, and as much as we see it in this sport nowadays, the fitness side – still see so much that could be improved um and just with how we condition what we should be conditioned for we shouldn't be conditioning for these drivers for what they will experience but we should be conditioning for what they could experience because the stuff that you expect is going to happen the stuff that you're not going to expect that's going to happen too so we have to be prepared for all of it is it fair to say that a good answer to that question would be well Back in the 70s, there weren't very many drivers who did any conditioning, so you were able to get away with not doing any conditioning because three-quarters of the rest of your buddies who you raced against went out and partied with you. And yeah. now, <laughs> you, you, I, I think what's happened is, as Mark Martin, you know, Casey Kane, some of these other drivers, Carl Edwards, you get a few that start doing it, <clears throat> excuse me, and all of a sudden, everybody has to do it in order to keep up. I think it became a case of literally keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know, honestly, when you look at a guy like Tony Stewart, and Tony never made, you know, he never made a big deal out of fitness, and he won plenty of races and some championships, and is still driving the heck out of sprint cars to wins. So, I think, yeah, soda cookies. I think it's more about um, honestly keeping up with, and it's a whole different breed of drivers now. So it isn't so much that you can't be successful if you're not a fitness buff. However, having to race as hard as these drivers do now for the whole four or 500 laps or miles you better be able to keep up with their physical and mental fitness levels. So I think that's really the answer to the question. It, it's more than just sort of that idea of, well, I can't do it if I'm not fit. Well, you can, but you may not be able to do it as effectively anymore as the half the rest of the field that mountain bikes and runs marathons. No, and I 100% agree with you. You see these legends of our sport like Jimmy Johnson going out and running these triathlons and doing long bike rides. Now everybody's getting on it. I never thought I'd see the day where Dale Earnhardt Jr. would be advising other drivers on cycling. Um, it's kind of yeah. one of those deals. If we look back in that time, if we'd seen Dick Trickle get on a treadmill, I bet you we'd seen a lot more uh, people get out there because they would have definitely <laughs> seen something going on there. So, that you know, it's a really interesting sight, actually. Yeah, probably still would have lit a cigarette on the treadmill, yeah, but still, none, exactly. none, nonetheless. 
if we had seen if we had seen that happen it's just all all a time thing the times are changing um people are realizing like i said you can do it if you're not necessarily in shape but compared to these other guys exactly like you said tom if you see these other guys doing it you're going to see a performance enhancement out of them you know you're you're going to look for that edge you need to find that edge the cars today are you know unfortunately brad keselowski won't agree but a lot of these drivers the cars are relatively competitive so why not find the competitive advantage in the driver the competitive advantage is behind the wheel and that's exactly what you're looking for well that's exactly right like i said it's just a whole a whole new breed of driver and you know again we look back and you, and you sort of wonder back then i mean how you know those guys did it in the 70s without even power steering jeff bodine didn't bring that in until i think the early 80s and uh you know you think about that now and then you know a guy like you know junior or somebody loses power steering and and just can't keep up i mean and it's not it's a combination of things but you know, it's just a, a very different time. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing, Hunter. Yeah, no, and it definitely is. It's just keeping up with the times and trying to find any edge over your competitor. And one thing we talk about as we talk about strength, you know, that was our you know, our concept here, yep. overall mental strength and even physical strength. We have to think about the physical strength is size does not always mean strength. Correct. You could have a very strong muscle. And these drivers, you do not want them yep. to have size. You do not want to, you know, Mr. Olympia driving the number 22 car around. You don't want that. And God knows we don't. But regardless, it's – you don't want the massive size that limits range of motion, limits flexibility, all the stuff that you want as a driver. So lean, uh, very lean is what we look for, but we also want the strength and there is a way to do that. And that's why I always say that these drivers need to have somebody uh, professional, somebody who just knows this stuff yep. working with them on this. It's, it's so important. It's a, it's a worth it investment, especially for these teams, uh, for these drivers, all that kinds of stuff too. And the mental strength, you know, we can obtain that by any kinds of stuff. You know, we talked about the games that we've played before where you're, doing jump rope and naming drivers that race against you. Little stuff like that can go such a long way in this sport. So it's just the mental strength and the physical strength, not to be mistaken with size on the physical strength, is just so, so important for what we're doing. Whether you're in a uh, NASCAR National Series, uh, IndyCar, uh, Formula 4, if you're in the late models racing at Hickory every weekend, the Allison Legacy Series, yep. Legends, no matter what you're in, this stuff is important. And you got to start it. The sooner you start it, the better off you'll be. Well, yeah, because you always want to be – as strong as you need to be for your next step if you're trying to move up. I mean, that's the biggest 100%. thing. You know, you, you don't want to wait till you get there to have to gain the strength to do it because then you're going to be lost for half a season. So, uh, exactly. all right, real behind. quick, uh, Kansas, ARCA, Xfinity, and Cup, all there. Talk about Kansas. Yeah, fast mile and a half. Very fast mile and a half. It's going to be cool running uh, running some some night races there for the ARCA series. They're going to run. They're going to have a fast track. You know, as the sun goes down, uh, track speed will uh, get a little quicker. So it'll be really cool. A um, little bit of G-forces, kind of a cookie-cutter track, if you ask me. Uh, not a whole lot, but one thing that's going to be cool is these guys are going to see them dipping down off the banking into the flat on the um, on the, uh, the front stretch and stuff there. So the big difference there, that'll be a big change, kind of adjusting bodies to that. But other than that, it's going to be, you know, pretty basic. You're watching your neck, watching your form arms watching all the the normal stuff as a driver going to kansas this weekend and f1 is at coda circuit of the americas uh, America. texas everything's bigger in texas this is the lewis hamilton benefit race talk about that yeah, pretty much. Lewis has led more laps in America than, you know, most Americans. But regardless, he's going to go out there and uh, 
so yeah, they'll go out there. That's a really cool track. A lot of elevation changes, a lot of quick S turns. Um, in a Formula One car with a ton of grip, the G-forces are going to be insane. So uh, a lot of heavy braking, a lot of long speed. So it'll be really cool to see. Um, looking for a lot of uh, lateral and um, sagittal G-forces, too, out of those guys. So it'll be really neat. I'm excited for that. All right. That's uh, Hunter Smith talking fitness here again on the Stock Car Show. As always, we thank you, and we're going to keep Hunter here uh, for our lightning round as we hit a couple of hot-button questions here coming up. So stick around. You are listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. 
think I have to talk now. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, and Tom Baker and Jacob Silver and Cisco Scarabuza, Hunter Smith around the round table. And I'm just thinking we're going to start the lightning round here. Get your Ken Squire ready, uh, Jacob. We, we had a Cars Tour super late model race this past weekend, and... Of course, it was won by Stephen Nassie. But, but more importantly. More importantly. And there's a fight. And the question becomes, who would you pick first if you were putting together an MMA team? Would you pick Jake Crum or, or his Matt. wife, Annabeth? <laughs> <laughs> um, because on... she landed a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only on statute of past experience, I'm going to have to go with Jake. He's been know. in a few more, but Annabeth, yeah. Uh, Boy, she... This was interesting. Uh, by the way, Get, any, explain the background. A, anybody curious, the other interested party in this fight was Matt Craig. Yes. And <laughs> the whole point to all of this is Jake Crum dive bombed the last corner on the last lap. Got into Matt Craig, sent both of them up basically into the wall. Steven Nassie was in third at that point, turned down three wide underneath both of them, and won the race. And then there was a fight between Matt Craig and Jake Crum. Yeah, and uh, between Annabeth Crum and one, I think one of the crew guys. Something like that. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you, she was going all evil, man. She It wasn't just a yelling match. I mean, she she uh, she threw a few good rights there. Uh, you know, it was it, it was a mess is what it was. And it was such a it was such a typical cars tour southern late model kind of deal um you know they, yep. they have some uh to do on the track and then they throw down afterward and you know the only bad part about it was that um they didn't do it in the middle of the front straightaway where the whole crowd could have seen it so uh it was uh it was kind of a let's just say it was a very interesting super late model day yeah for the cars it tour was what what's that old saying? Fight in the pits. Uh, I'm fining you a hundred bucks. Fight on the front stretch. I'm giving you a hundred. Yeah, paying bucks. you hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and the key to all of this is that you know you have you have a winner in Stephen Nassie who's traditionally known as the guy who causes a lot of the trouble. Yeah. And in this case, he he's just looking back trouble. there going, hi, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take this. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, meet uh, me at the bank. By the way, While I deposit the check. this was a war of attrition, <laughs> much like the Talladega race that we saw out of the Cup Series yeah. last Sunday, in which we only had seven cars actually get to the checkered flag. Yeah. Um, needless to say, it was a long night for the car's super late model tour. While Steven Nassie was celebrating the victory, Cole Rouse was celebrating a championship. However, he was doing so with no race car in victory lane because, Tom, he flipped on lap 100. That car was junk. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, that I guess uh, that would be Hunter Smith, what you call going out with a bang. Yeah, I would say so. He was, I don't know if he... He actually flipped. He was on his side. If you flip, you're going on the roof. You li you ended up on your side. You're um you're pretty solid there. So it, they call that a Tommy tip over. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. I like that better. But according yeah, to, to Cole, it still hurt. 
Yeah, I'm sure it did. Oh, well, of course it still hurts, but the championship, I pretty much, I think, soothes that wound a little bit. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, now he goes to Kansas to run an ARCA race. Yes, he does, yeah. in a good Venturini car that Christopher Bell has won in this season. Just saying. Yeah, going to be uh, very interesting to see how he does in that car. Now, uh, the the Cars Tour actually did have a late model stock race. As well. As well. Which, this was a great field, by the way. 23 late model stocks. You had 14 make it to the flag on the lead lap. And you had one heck of a championship battle along the way. That was ultimately, via a 10th place finish, won by Josh Berry when Lane Riggs went out with a mechanical failure on lap 28. This stunk almost as much as Todd Gilliland blowing a tire at Dover because I don't <laughs> think there was anybody that didn't want to see Lane Riggs end up getting this thing. No disrespect to Josh Berry, of course, but just the fact that you had a 14-year-old kid yeah. leading one of the biggest late model touring series in the nation. I mean, what Lane did this season is nothing short of impressive, should be commended, and I hope he comes back tenfold and avenges this one that got away this year because he is going to have a very long and very successful career if he keeps going on the trajectory that he's going. But I do have to give Junior Motorsport and Josh Berry a lot of credit because they did a lot of this season without any major sponsorship dollars, and yet here Josh is again coming through for JRM. Yeah, and of course Anthony Alfredo. Also doing a heck of yeah. a job this season second for him as well, finishing second in points. So a uh, really good season for that young man yes. as well. And of note, by the way, Timothy Peters, uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, former regular before Red Horse Racing shut down earlier this season, finished third in this race that was won, oh, by the way, by the outgoing Cars Late Model Sock Tour champ, Deke McCaskill. Yeah, and Deke, another one that uh, is absolutely a phenomenal model stock car racer and is a threat to win anywhere he goes in that car. Indeed he is. Cisco, Cars Esport Tour, you want a shout-out, I'll give you a shout-out. I'll be nice. Well, I wanted to give a shout-out because if you look at the late model stock tour finishing order, there's a certain name that, if you're familiar with the Esport Tour, who finished 19th, which was the driver of Kyle Barnes, who made his debut in this race after running the entirety of the car's eSport tour over on the iRacing side. So he made his debut. They ended up having a little bit of a uh, an incident happen, but I told him, hey, I mean, he finished 19th. He was ahead of Lane Riggs. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. better than the second-place championship guy. But also do want to shout-out to Christian Peterson and Matt Cooker, who got the championships over in the eSport tour. Pretty cool deal for them, and that'll get kicked off again uh, coming up next year. Yes. And I know you will have more information on that when it gets closer, Cisco. Now, Tom, 2018 yes. schedule notes for the cars to yes. a little bit of a slimmer super late model tour for 2018. I believe nine races for the Supers next year. Four of them that will be 10,000 to win, just like the late model stock tour will have four 10,000 to win races. And for the first time next year, we're going to have some races that are split races. Normally up to now, we've had the supers and the late model stocks on the same card at the same track every weekend. Next year, we're not going to see that for the first time. In fact, the Cars Late Model Stock Tour will open their season on March 10th at Tri-County Motor Speedway. And that'll be the first race in serious history that's not the twin bill. You're not sure how you feel about that, are you? 
I, well, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Okay. Uh, it's not so much like I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's I, I'm interested and intrigued. I just, you know, this will be a first. And it's not like they're running up the road 30 right. minutes where you can sort of somehow run back and forth a little bit. Um, I mean, you're you're talking miles away. So I do like what the Cars Tour is doing for next year, though, cutting the super late model schedule back. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, they've they've got that strong opening race at uh, Tri-County. Big, big, big race. Big, big, big race. And, you know, I think that's the type of thing that the Cars Tour is going to need to do uh, because you know what? It's just tough around here anymore in the, um, both the late model stocks and the super late models. It's, it's yeah. really tough to stand out in cars is, uh, Cars had a, a definite drop in count in the super late models, so I think yeah. it's good to cut them back and just focus on the late model stock where they can be basically the exclusive Correct. in the area. Yeah, they basically take over that mantle from right. what the old UARA tour yeah. was back yep. uh, four or five years ago before that tour folded. So exactly right. It's good to see. It's good to see the support. I'm excited about it. Now, I know you wanted kind of a formal lightning round. I have a thought as how to kick that off, by Okay, the way. well, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Over under on how many hours Ken Schrader's banquet speech is for ARCA? Mm. Over under? Are you starting with me, by yeah, the way? Yeah. Okay, over under? Um, the over is four. The under is three. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so technically on the Las Vegas sports books, that'd be three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Over, under, three and a half. Cisco? Over five, under ten. <laughs> Seven and a half. I feel like it's going to happen. So yeah. over five, under ten. Hunter, because why not? I'm going to be right with Tom on that one. I think he's going to. Not be not be in that five ten range, but I think the three and a half three and a half is right where we're uh, going to see Ken this weekend. You Fair know, enough. the funny thing is, is Ken, Ken is longer winded, I think, in conversation than yeah. he sometimes is in the speech. So yeah, we we may be kind of overplaying <laughs> this a little bit, but you know, hey. we're we're having fun because yeah. why not? It's Schrader. This is the same Ken Schrader, by the way, that spent forty five minutes with you, or was it a whole show? No, with it was you when you no, were it was we we. we when I was doing my show in Memphis, we asked Ken Schrader to come on and do a segment, which was back then, I think it was a 13 or 14 minute segment. And he ended up, and he ended three. up doing 45 minutes. Yeah, it was about three <laughs> segments. And it wasn't, it wasn't as if he just kept talking that whole time, but it was just that much fun. And he was yeah. riffing on old stories. And, you know, that's the beauty of a driver like Ken Schrader. He's still so passionate about what he does. He's he's an amazing storyteller, and he's so enjoyable to be around. He does not consider himself to be any more important than any of us at this roundtable or any of us in the audience. He's just a good old boy who gets to race for a living, and he loves it, just like Kenny Wallace. That's yes. why they get along so well. Pick your winner for the ARCA race Friday. <laughs> well, the, you know, I, I've got to go with Justin Haley here. Yes. For a number of reasons, I'm picking Haley. All right, Hunter. I'm going to – I want to say Haley, too. I think Haley's going to be the favorite here. That Mason Mitchell car is fast. But I would yeah. also – I'm watching Ty Majeski. I'm going to watch Ty Majeski yes. um, and see what comes out of him, too. I think he's got some talent behind the wheels. See what happens there. Cisco. Yeah, I got to go with Justin Haley, but outside shot, I think Austin Terrio wins again. I say Terrio wins again. That's my two cents because, well, that 52 That's what car he does. Has, yeah, that 52 car has done everything this season. Oh, by the way. Now, final point before we get out of here. Shock elimination on Sunday for the cup race. Cisco, who shockingly gets eliminated. 
Kyle Busch. Ooh, okay. Hunter. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, he's going where I was going. I'm going to say 48 JJ gets As much as I'd like to see him stay in it, I love Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, but I just think Toyota's a mile and a half are going to come through. Kyle will come through, and Jimmy won't make it through. The lack of stage points, Tom. You know, I can't agree. I just can't agree with Jimmy Johnson. I am going to agree, however, with Kyle Busch. Kyle's gone. Okay. Fair enough. With that, I believe we have a checkered flag waiting in the wings on this edition of the Stock Car Show. So we want to say thanks to Mike Garrity, our Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Hunter and Bill behind the glass, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and all the staff at PMN that keep us on the air and make us sound at least halfway decent most of the time on this show. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Hunter Smith, all the rest of our staff, I'm Jacob Seelman saying a special thanks to our guests tonight, Bobby Dale Earnhardt and Timmy Salamito, and reminding you that we will be back next week, same time, same place, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Performance Motorsports Network for the Stock Car Show. Until then, keep it off the wall, and we might just see you at the racetrack. Folks, good good night. night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.